Hello and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies with your speaker, Chris McCann. If you'd like more information or to hear more studies, visit our website at www.ebiblefellowship.com. And now, with your evening Bible study, here's Chris McCann. Good evening and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Bible Study in the Book of Revelation. Tonight is study number 7 of Revelation chapter 11. And we're going to be reading verses 7 and 8. Revelation 11, verse 7. And when they shall have finished their testimony, the beast that ascendeth out of the bottomless pit shall make war against them, and shall overcome them, and kill them. And their dead bodies shall lie in the street of the great city, which spiritually is called Sodom and Egypt, where also our Lord was crucified. Now, these verses are very important to help us in understanding what took place at the beginning of the Great Tribulation period. It was at the beginning of the Great Tribulation, which is also the beginning of the judgment on the churches, that God gave the victory to Satan. This was the time when Satan was loosed and came against the camp of the saints. This is the time Revelation 13 pictures as the beast coming up out of the sea. And and notice in Revelation 13, it says in verse 3, And I saw one of his heads as it were wounded to death, and his deadly wound was healed, and all the world wondered after the beast, and they worshipped the dragon which gave power unto the beast, and they worshipped the beast, saying, Who is like unto the beast? Who is able to make war with him? And there was given unto him a mouth, speaking great things and blasphemies, and power was given unto him to continue forty and two months. You see, his deadly wound was healed. That is the blow, the death blow that God struck when the Lord Jesus Christ went to the cross. Satan was bound. He was placed in a bottomless pit. That's the language that God uses for a thousand years, a a figure of speech to represent the duration of the church age, 1955 actual years. But upon his loosing, It is as though that deadly wound that he received is healed. And notice the reaction of the world. They worshipped the dragon that gave power to the beast. They worshipped the beast. Who is like unto the beast? And it is a time when Satan is victorious. Everything that he wanted. He wanted to be like God. It was his desperate desire from the very beginning in the Garden of Eden when he deceived Eve into believing the lie over the truth of God. And therefore, mankind became servant to him, a servant of sin. And Satan, all through history, was attempting to show that he was God over men. He was like God. And then finally, at the time of the end, God loosed him and allowed him to take his seat in the churches as the man of sin. And and he could show himself 
that he was God. And there was given unto him, God permitted and allowed all this to happen. And and to the beast, it was given unto him a mouth speaking great things and blasphemies and power given to continue 42 months. The 42 months, another figure to represent the duration of the Great Tribulation period. He would win. He would overcome. He was the victorious one. The kingdom of darkness was winning. Just look at the condition of the church over the course of that 23-year period from 1988 through 2011. And it's very obvious that darkness was winning over church after church, that lies and, and deceit were victorious over the truth in the congregations. Look at the world during the same course of time. And wickedness multiplied and increased like never before in the history of the world. Satan was being worshipped by the unsaved inhabitants of the earth. The beast um, had his deadly wound healed. And the Bible in many places teaches us that uh, at the time of the end, at the end of the church age, the beginning point of the judgment on all the congregations, on the church, the corporate body, at the beginning of the Great Tribulation, that is when the two witnesses are killed. That is when Satan, the beast, ascends out of the pit and overcomes and kills. For instance, in Joel chapter 1, it says, beginning in verse 6, For a nation is come up upon my land, strong and without number, whose teeth are the teeth of a lion, and he has the cheek teeth of a great lion. He has laid my vine waste and barked my fig tree. He has made it clean bare and cast it away. The branches thereof are made white. A little further along in Joel 1, it says in verse 10, The field is wasted, the land mourneth, for the corn is wasted, the new wine is dried up, the oil languisheth. Be ashamed, O ye husbandmen. How, O ye vine dressers, for the wheat and for the barley, because the harvest of the field is perished. The vine is dried up, and the fig tree languisheth. The pomegranate tree, the palm tree also, and the apple tree, even all the trees of the field are withered, because joy is withered away from the sons of men. It's describing Satan's assault upon the congregations and we can go to just uh, a, a large number of verses, numerous verses, that would support this same thing. Satan and his forces coming against the church, and because God is the one who is using Satan, who is utilizing him as an instrument of judgment, Satan wins. Satan wins and the corporate church, that outward representation of the kingdom of God on this earth, loses. That language is found plentifully in Habakkuk. In Habakkuk chapter 1, we, we read in verse 6, For lo, I raise up the Chaldeans, that bitter and hasty nation, which shall march through the breadth of the land to possess 
the dwelling places that are not theirs. They are terrible and dreadful, their judgment and their dignity shall proceed of themselves. Their horses are also swifter than the leopards, and are more fierce than the evening wolves. And their horsemen shall spread themselves, and their horsemen shall come from far. They shall fly as the eagle that hasteth to eat. They shall come all for violence. Their faces shall sup up as the east wind, and they shall gather the captivity as the sand. And they shall scoff at the kings, and the princes shall be a scorn unto them. They shall deride every stronghold, for they shall heap dust and take it. And and here God says, he raises up the Chaldeans. And notice, they are a mighty army that marches triumphantly over the people of God across their land, possessing the dwelling places possessing all churches and congregations in all the world, really, is what's being pictured. Now, what God did at the beginning of the Great Tribulation is probably best summarized in many places in Jeremiah, but especially in Jeremiah chapter 25. And I'll read first verses 9 through 11, Jeremiah 25 beginning in verse 9. Behold, I will send and take all the families of the north, saith Jehovah, and Nebuchadnezzar the king of Babylon, my servant, and will bring them against this land and against the inhabitants thereof and against all these nations round about and will utterly destroy them and make them an astonishment and a hissing and perpetual desolations. Moreover, I will take from them the voice of mirth and the voice of gladness, the voice of the bridegroom and the voice of the bride, the sound of the millstones and the light of the candle. And this whole land shall be a desolation and an astonishment. And these nations shall serve the king of Babylon 70 years. God calls Nebuchadnezzar his servant. He is bringing him against this land, Judah, and they will destroy it. They will make it a desolate land. And that's exactly what they did. And all nations, even round about, will serve the king of Babylon. And the king of Babylon is a type and figure of Satan. And the Babylonians of the kingdom of Satan, the kingdom of darkness. And it is picturing what God does at the end of time, at the end of the church age, and when judgment begins at the house of God, the point of Satan's loosing, the point of his ascension out of the bottomless pit, and that is the point that Revelation eleven seven is speaking of when it's it says, when they shall have finished their testimony, the beast that ascendeth out of the bottomless pit shall make war against them and shall overcome them and kill them. It happens at the beginning of the judgment on the churches, the beginning of the great tribulation. And Satan is victorious for the entire period of the great tribulation. Victory was given to the king of Babylon for 70 years and victory was given to the beast to continue for 42 months, and both 
of those numbers represent the actual period of the Great Tribulation, which turned out to be 23 years to the day. From May 21, 1988, when that was the last day of the church age, until May 21, 2011, which was the end of the Great Tribulation, the end of Satan's rule, the official rule that was granted to him by God. And notice what God says here in Jeremiah 25, in verse 11 again. He says, These nations shall serve the king of Babylon 70 years. And that's a historical time period to represent the complete duration of the Great Tribulation. And then in verse 12, And it shall come to pass, when 70 years are accomplished, that I will punish the king of Babylon and that nation, saith Jehovah, for their iniquity, and the land of the Chaldeans, and will make it perpetual desolations. And I will bring upon that land all my words which I have pronounced against it, even all that is written in this book, which Jeremiah has prophesied against all the nations. So clearly, during the 70 years, you're my servant. You are an instrument of wrath. Accomplishing my purpose is how God viewed the loosing of Satan and and his coming against the church. Um, Again, the 70 years typifies that judgment upon the churches at the end of time. But after the 70 years, it's as though the Great Tribulation has ended, and now God turns around and uh, he addresses Satan and his emissaries, and he says, look, you are guilty. You are the one that I'm going to punish now. You and all the unsaved people of the earth. And so May 21, 2011 is that day of transition. It is that day of the end of the victorious period of Satan. It is that time when the the great conquest that Satan had experienced over the kingdom of God, the outward representation of that kingdom, the churches, was come to its conclusion, and now God turns his attention to Satan and all the unsaved and says, you are the one to be punished now. And and so anyone who is thinking that Revelation eleven seven, where it says, that the beast ascends out of the bottomless pit and makes war against them and shall overcome them and kill them, happened on May 21, 2011, is is going contrary to just dozens and dozens of verses in the Bible. And, and, you know, if you go contrary to one verse in the Bible, you're in big trouble. You're going the wrong way. But when a teaching is so overwhelming... And and this teaching is that overwhelming. We would have to say that someone is is just blind. How can they not see this? The Bible clearly teaches the time of Satan overcoming the saints was the duration of the judgment on the church. And that's it. No further. You continue up till that point and you go no further. Following that, it's not Satan judging anybody. It's not Satan overcoming anyone. It's not 
the kingdom of darkness winning any longer. It is God, the Lord Jesus Christ, coming triumphantly in judgment upon Satan because God has won the battle and he has won the war. All of his elect have been found. All have been safely brought into the kingdom of heaven. All in Satan's dungeons of darkness in in sin and despair were delivered that were predestinated to be delivered. And now God has Satan and his forces, the king of Babylon and the Babylonians, as the objects of his wrath. That's uh, what Jeremiah chapter 50 and 51 go into extensive detail about. It is the fall of Babylon, the end of the 70 years, the period of judgment day for the devil and and for every unsaved individual. Well, okay, let's move on to verse 8 of Revelation 11. And it says, And their dead bodies shall lie in the street of the great city, which spiritually is called Sodom and Egypt, where also our Lord was crucified. Now, we're we're going to take a little time to understand the Greek word Potoma, P-T-O-M-A, Potoma. This is the Greek word translated as dead bodies, both uh, English words. Dead bodies is a translation of that one Greek word, and it's found three times in these verses in Revelation 11. Uh, in verse 8, their dead body shall lie in the street, and at the end of verse 9, and shall not suffer their dead bodies to be put in graves. And then again, um, uh, two times in verse 9. Let me read Revelation 11, verse 9. And they of the people and kindreds and tongues and nations shall see their dead bodies three days and a half, and shall not suffer their dead bodies to be put in graves. So three times in two verses, Revelation 11, verse 8, and verse 9. The Greek word potoma. And this word is found only five times total in the New Testament. Three out of the five right here in these two verses and twice more. It's found in Matthew chapter 24, which is a chapter dealing with the Great Tribulation period and and the end of the world. And it says in Matthew 24 and verse 28, for wheresoever the carcass is, there will the eagles be gathered together. And the Greek word potoma is translated as carcass. By the way, this is Strong's number 4430. For wheresoever the dead body is, we could read, there will the eagles be gathered together. Remember when we were reading Habakkuk. That, uh, as God in Habakkuk 1, as God was speaking of the Chaldeans coming, uh, against his people, he referred to them, um, coming like eagles in Habakkuk 1 verse 8, or he related eagles to them. And that is significant because in Deuteronomy chapter 28, in that chapter where God uh, spells out the curses of disobedience to a disobedient people. He says in Deuteronomy 28, verse 49, 
Jehovah shall bring a nation against thee from far, from the end of the earth, as swift as the eagle flieth, a nation whose tongue thou shalt not understand, a nation of fierce countenance, which shall not regard the person of the old, nor show favor to the young. And, and then it continues. And this nation is the nation of the unsaved, and uh, it really is a figure of Satan and his armies coming against the believers in the time of the judgment on the churches, at the end of the church age. And, of course, one of the main um, tactics used by Satan in his assault against the congregations was the phenomenon of speaking in tongues. And, and so God points out that uh, he will bring a nation from the end of the earth as the eagle flieth, a nation whose tongue thou shalt not understand. And for some time, speaking in tongues spread quickly throughout the congregations as many churches accepted that as a legitimate gift from God and, and as though God was giving additional divine revelation and, and, and that destroyed those congregations. They, they became another gospel immediately. But, uh, God here, uh, the important thing is that he is uh, again, um, typifying that assault as the flying of an eagle. And he does the same thing in Lamentations. In Lamentations chapter 4, Lamentations is a lament that God has judged his people through uh, the Babylonians, the Chaldeans. And we read in Lamentations 4.19, Our persecutors are swifter than the eagles of the heaven. They pursued us upon the mountains. They laid wait for us in the wilderness. And, and that continues also. It, it is describing the destruction of the churches by Satan as he comes against them according to the will of God. And, and that's what Matthew 24, 8 is referring to when it says, for wheresoever the carcass is the dead body. This fits right in line with uh, the beast that sends out of the bottomless pit, makes war against the two witnesses, and overcomes them. And then they lie dead. Their dead bodies lie in the street of the great city, spiritually called Sodom and Egypt. And and that fits with Matthew 24, 8. Wheresoever the carcass is, the dead body there will the eagles be gathered together. There will be uh, the gathering of Satan and all the false prophets and gospels and and all those dark forces that the Gog and Magog that have been gathered together to come against the camp of the saints uh, according to the arrangement of God at the time when judgment commenced at the house of God. All right, let's look at the fifth place that we find the Greek word potoma. And this is the last place. It's only found five times in the New Testament. The fifth place is in the Gospel of Mark. In Mark chapter 6, uh, we we read in beginning in verse 27, and uh, since we're breaking into the context, this is, is a historical account of the execution of John the Baptist by Herod's decree, 
and and it says in verse 27 of Mark 6, And immediately the king sent an executioner and commanded his head to be brought. And he went and beheaded him in the prison and brought his head in a charger and gave it to the damsel. And the damsel gave it to her mother. And when his disciples heard of it, they came and took up his corpse and laid it in a tomb. The word corpse is a translation of potoma. And and it, it's the same word that's found three times in Revelation 11. And it's the same word that's used in uh, Matthew 24, 28, translated as carcass. And here it's describing John the Baptist's dead body. And we wonder why... Is God using this word that in four other places, three times in Revelation 11 and, and in Matthew 24, it's set in the context of the Great Tribulation. The point when the witness of the gospel is lost um, at the beginning of the Great Tribulation. Why would God take that word that he has very carefully used in in very special places that relate to the Great Tribulation and and use it to describe John the Baptist's corpse. Now, there's another word that God could have used, and in, in one of the other gospel accounts, he does use that word. He doesn't use this word, Potoma, but here he does. What can we learn? Well, I don't know all of the spiritual... Um, meaning or applications that might be here as far as who Herod represents. Uh, we we can see that he could be a type of Satan. Yes, and it is Satan the beast that overcomes and kills the two witnesses in Revelation 11. And it is Satan who comes as an eagle uh, upon the carcass. So that could be in view. And perhaps John here is a picture of the church, but but uh, that's not the main thing we can gather from this. The main thing we can gather is this perfectly describes the nature of the dead body. That is, we know that John the Baptist's dead body, his corpse, that the disciples came and took and laid in a tomb, was without a head. It was a headless corpse. They did not obtain his head because the head was placed in a charger and given to the damsel, and the damsel gave it to her mother. They had the rest of the body, the body without a head. And that is the important teaching that we can take away from God's use of this word potoma. That's the teaching that he wants us to understand. When the two witnesses are killed by Satan and their dead bodies, their potoma, are lying dead in the street and, and there for three and a half days, we can understand that this is because God's Spirit, the Holy Spirit, the Lord Jesus Christ has come out of the churches at that point. He has abandoned the congregations. He has left behind his word. Moses and and Elijah 
the the law and the prophets are still there. The Bibles are still within the congregations. The true believers at that point who identify closely with Moses and Elijah, the two witnesses who are messengers of Moses and Elijah, they also remain in the congregation. But the Holy Spirit left and Jesus came out of the midst where he had been since the beginning of the church age. He uh, left the light of the gospel and therefore darkness overcame the churches uh, during the remaining time that, that the churches would exist. It left the church without a head. The Lord Jesus Christ, the head of the church, had departed. Thanks for joining us for eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies. You can hear these studies Monday through Friday over PalTalk, Skype, eBible Fellowship's webcast audio, or over your phone. For more information or to hear other studies, visit www.ebiblefellowship.com. Until our next study, may the Lord's perfect will be done.